Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> Welcome to George and Josh, France special. Yes, live from the Existentialist Cafe. <laughs> the Existentialist Cafe, which is, of course, a French philosophy. And it's, of mm. course, a philosophy which I constantly bring up on this podcast. Yes, you're going to hear a lot of Sartre today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. And uh, Just French. was he an existentialist? He, he was not, he's neither an existentialist nor French. Oh dear, oh, I really embarrassed myself. <laughs> the moment I said it, I was like, oh gosh, what's going to say? But we're just going to be diving into French culture and um, every facet of what it is to be French and what we like most about France and yes. what we would do if we were in France and, you know, these kind of things. Because we George was just thinking about our Russia special and that was such a roaring success. We uh, just have to go back to France. Yeah, and I think this is almost kind of like a revival of the early George and Josh Happy Hour style. In the sense that the yeah. trilogy of Star Wars is like a revival of the, um, the original trilogy. And, to keep on the French theme, the election of, like, of Napoleon, no, the, the like Second Empire or something, was a revival of Napoleon's yeah. original empire. That's why he did so well. But we hope we break out of kind of a nostalgic, traditionalist, conservative mindset in adhering to old models and kind of create something new off the back of that. Mm. Absolutely. And um, yeah, let's get started. Let's, well, we are, we're recording already, George. <laughs> Don't you yeah. realize that? <laughs> I think we'll do the classic any other business section at the beginning, but let's make it French style. So if you have any other business, please deliver it in French. Okay. Um, j'aime, um, j'aime mon cup de thé. <laughs> j'aime. Do you know that? Tu ton thé. Uh, C'est très chaud. <laughs> Um, c'est burning my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that is all the French you dear listeners are going to be getting. But I hope you enjoyed it. Now, we're only two minutes in. So I think since this went so well in the Russia special, I'm going to ask you for a WWTWWG French special, which is don't deliver in French, but do it based off something to do with France. A word yeah. to write. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, I've only ever been to... Believe it or not, three countries in my life, and I'm talking about like sovereign states. Yes. Not like Wales. um, obviously yeah, Wales. I like yeah. Even then, if Wales you count as a country, it would only be four countries. Well, if you count as a country, so, yeah. you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. But here are the three countries I've been to: the United Kingdom, Belgium, and France. Oh. And I've been to France twice. I went once when I was um, very little, very little boy, and we went to. You, um, went on the ferry, you know, the classic like Dover Calais ferry. Yeah, um, I went to this little town called Boulogne, and I remember it because it had like massive walls, it was like a medieval town, and it had like huge walls around it. And I was really surprised because there was like a car driving along the wall, and oh. I was like, What's the need for that kind of thickness of walls? Um, and I suppose what was really interesting about that is the dichotomy today when you go to towns like that between what is inherently like a really peaceful, quaint northern French town and the fact that they have these massive walls up to defend themselves. From what, you know, like, back when you think about the horrors of the medieval age, <laughs> and you probably know about this more than I, you can imagine them, like, sort of cowering behind the walls, like, ready for the invaders to, like, 
you know, praying that they don't get in and they <laughs> have their throats slit and smashed it. Yeah. Um, and that's such a contrast to how peaceful it is today. So, um, and that goes to France as a whole. France has seen some horrors, you know, from the terror of the French Revolution and um, the Gilets Jaunes. The Gilets Jaunes, um, the various like massacres and things that happened throughout history. Um, and I think that's the beauty of France because it has quite a violent history. But it's a beautiful country today, and it's known today for culture and um, uh, what's the word? Like um, refined kind of mm, old, old culture, you know? high culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Old> <laughs> yes. And I think that for me is the beauty of France. Is it? It's, it's land of um, of variation and interest. Yes, what a lovely tribute to the country we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Have you ever been France? I imagine you have. Well, <clears throat> I've only been to. Well, I, I'm not. I think I've been to maybe five countries. I had only been to Spain and France, but now we've also been to Norway and Portugal. So, including the UK, okay. I've been to to five countries. Um, and I must say, what's your favorite? My favorite is pro- well, I do really like Norway, but it's not Norway special. So, France is. It's always very important in our household because my mother is a, a big Francophile and she yes. speaks French most of the time. Um, <laughs> having been raised in French Canada. Um, so it's it's really in my blood. And I went to France quite a few times when I was little to visit a certain Euro Disney, which I'll be talking about at length later. I'll, I'll wheedle it in somehow because that's just yes. a fantastic kind of juxtaposition <laughs> of, of what I'll get into. And last year... As I was studying French history for my history A level, we had a school, the only school trip I ever went to on like another country. I was like, oh, it's my last year, I might as well. So we went to Paris and we visited all things like the Bastille and Napoleon's um, tomb. Napoleon's tomb is ridiculous. He's so over the top. He has like a massive vault full with like a tremendous, like oblong, like made of obsidian in like a massive bowl yeah. it's like the most napoleon thing that you'll ever see <laughs> yeah. and he's just a wee little man like, what's he doing in there um and it's got loads of freemason imagery everywhere as well which is really <laughs> interesting um and we went to the bastille we went to like les invalides and we saw after so we went to all the classic french hotspots and i was like wow this is really cool france because all the the france i'd seen before that had been like roads and euro disney which is of course lovely um so i am a big fan of france and i did french gcse and a bit of a level i tried to take it up again but Failed. Yeah. So I've got lots to say on the matter. If you had to choose between living in like America or France, which would you choose? Mm, very good question. I think. Well, I should also. Well, no, I'll mention that later. Um, I'd say at the moment I'm really keen on France. Let's talk about France. It's really warm. Yeah, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm quite enamored with France. I think culturally it's probably similar, apart from the language. I don't know. I think it's culture quite distinct. Shared Europe style. Because Um, we're obviously quite monarchically centred, whereas France is very, it's a bit like America in a sense that it's kind of free of that. Very free of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one of the reasons I like France so much is because not only have I grown up with it, but I've got a lot of French people in my life at the moment. Like my supervisor is French. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. And. A very close French, friend yeah. of mine, Camille, is French. Yeah. <laughs> I met um, some very, some very good friends now in Glitterbomb, who were some French people visiting 
uh, Cambridge, and they were at Glitterbomb, and I was very waved when I saw them, but since then we have struck up a fantastic yeah. friendship. Yeah. So that is um, an only positive thing. Oh, and... So you're going to give us another example? Um, yes, I, I apologise, listeners, for George's poor audio quality, but he's back now. Um, I hope to visit them over the summer if I can. There's one who I am in, in good contact with. Yes, she's very nice. hope she's listening. Well, she's oh, not. She doesn't know I do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, um, yeah. I mean, we only see French people in our, in our life. Um, yes. Yes. No. I mean, <laughs> too true. Um, and I think, I think another spiel that I do want to go on is just the joys of Euro Disney. Yes. Disneyland Paris. How many times have you been? I've been to Disneyland Paris, but I only remember. I only have very vague memories because we went when we were very young. But I think I've been twice. Obviously, it's a fantastic place for Disney fans. It's got lots of fun rides and people dressing up. But like having this, having recently looked into the history of it, it's just it's such a crazy place because like Disneyland is obviously quite American, right? But they wanted to. Michael Eisner, who was head of Disney at the time, wanted to export that to the continent to France. So they had to adopt a lot because America, American Disneyland has lots of kind of patriotist things about lots of things like the making of America. Yeah, so yeah. obviously they couldn't move that. So when moving it to France, they designed it like in a very specific way. Like they've got, I think it's called um, Fantasyland, which is very based on the ideas of Jules Verne. Oh. It's got very retro futurist things. And like among theme park fans, Euro Disney is known as being like really cool and unique because it's got this retro futurist Jules Verne idea. Oh, that's really cool. Because so do you think, do you think it, it comes across as um, Europe views through like an views through American lens or does it come across as something which is inherently European? Well, if we look at the history of it, it's certainly the former because there was massive like hostility to it among French people. Okay. Like, why is this American thing coming in? And it is obviously a very American idea and they they have tried to import like French things into it. Like, they've got lots of much like Accenture's Cafe, they've got in Euro Disney lots of like cafes where you can sit and it's the only Disneyland Park where you're allowed to smoke inside because French people smoke a lot. Oh, okay. And it's the only one where you can buy alcohol as well because wine and stuff. You think, why, why didn't they build it in Britain? Because you assume there's a more, there's a great Disney following perhaps in Britain. I don't know. Yes, well, it was, it actually was and still is a massive flop in France. It, it oh, didn't, really? Yeah, which is surprising. You wouldn't think it, it, it doesn't make money very much. Well, yeah, and that's that's interesting. I wonder why they actually built it there. Do you think it's the fact that it's maybe perhaps it's like the location because they attract people from across Europe? Then. Yeah, I think it might be that. Or, but even then, if you're going from Germany, you're gonna like or further afield or something. You're still probably gonna like fly. It doesn't make any difference flying from like Germany to Paris. It's just flying from Germany to London. Germany to London. Yes, I, yeah, I know. It was a very peculiar place to do it, and obviously the French people. Yeah. Yeah, the French people were not a, a fan of it. Um, I don't think anyone really goes to like Americans wouldn't go to Disneyland Paris instead of their own Disneyland, and um, yeah, and in Asia they have two Disneylands there, so it, it's quite a unique thing. But it's very good fun. It's but it's maybe, yeah. Maybe they, I bet they got like massive tax breaks or something to build it there. Yeah, I think. When was it built? Uh, seventies slash eighties. Oh, okay. Oh, that was probably the Disneyland. You say that again. I'll meet around. Meet, meet around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Well, that's really interesting. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, it's just a fantastic. There's a really good two-part documentary on YouTube about 
the making yeah. and problems involved with Euro Disney. Oh, wow. Well, I'll definitely check that out. I yeah. don't recommend you do two <laughs> It is really enjoyable. Do you have any specific French topic that you would like to give a talk on? Oh, um, no, something will probably spring to mind. I think it's, should we do like, I think we should, I was going to suggest we talk about French cuisine, but what are you going to talk about? Yes, or we could do like a French-based game, but I just thought so, where we like name French people until one of us can't. <laughs> George, <laughs> game, your games <laughs> never work in the podcast. <laughs> it'll, it'll be fun, it'll be fun. And then like, and we'll keep it interesting, you have to be quite quick to name them. So um, we've gone for too long. Judging the, the response we've got to games such as Red and Blue, <laughs> that was immensely popular. It, it really, the only response we got was "Don't do it anymore." <laughs> oh no! Really? It was. It really oh, was no. from an anonymous donor. But we can kind of adopt your idea, and as in, if you have any specific French celebrity you would like to talk about. Oh yeah. Um, Who do you think is the most famous French person? Alive think, now slash not alive now. Macron's quite famous, but he's just the president of France. Yes. Napoleon is probably the most famous French person of all time. Yeah, I, I would agree there. Or, um, I don't know. Oh, this, say, you... Speaking about Napoleon makes me think how don't you, you, you have a lot of French personality inside yourself because how much you base your character off Maximilien Robespierre, a Frenchman. Well, I suppose it was... In a sense, but <laughs> not to kind of frame I, you as a terrorist. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm a dictator. <laughs> yeah. um, response of like atrocities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you're a big fan of his, as in you find him interesting. I find him interesting. Yeah, um, I think it's a his pop thing because I know um, Georgia, Georgia Brown finds Bruce Beer very interesting as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's um, something about the way that he. I think he's a fascinating character, in that he. Personally, he felt he embodies the um, the people, and his. He, he, I mean, he sort of put himself on the level of God in a sense. Yeah. Um, well, he did create a religion around himself. The supreme yeah, being. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's quite interesting about how someone who was essentially quite deluded managed to rise to a position of immense power yeah. and succeed. Because you, I think, I always have an image of like immensely successful politicians to be somewhat cynical but that just doesn't hold up in reality but, you know Robespierre was, was was you know regardless of what he thought of him he was committed he was a believer as he subscribed justly to what he said yeah a um, real idealist there was no yeah there was no kind of popular front that he was on he was what he said he was um yeah which is which is pretty interesting I think it's interesting how he's like one of the world's most famous dictators who had a cult of personality, but didn't really have a personality. Well, yeah. Because mm. he was kind of known as being I, quite bougie and unapproachable, right? Well, perhaps. Um, yeah, I don't know. In a sense, I think he cultivates his personality around, I think it starts off very much as like a kind of intellectual personality. He was known as like a politician, um, which then evolves into something much more sinister. Um, well, history yeah. told us that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a very good um, uh, biography of Robespierre by um, none other than Ruth Skirt, my dogs. Oh. Yeah. Shout um, out to Ruth. <laughs> yes, which I recommend if, if you're interested in um, Max 
<laughs> in Max himself. There's all these facets of France, and if we if we turn to French cuisine, what would you say is your favourite French dish, and what makes French food French? French food. Um, well, I quite like crepes. Um, we're a big fan of crepes. Yes, the Cambridge crepes. Crepe yeah, I hope they're doing well because they um they're one of the last food establishments in Cambridge to shut down. Yes, I know. And have you seen my campaign they're doing to, um, they well, they were doing, doing a while ago, to raise money for um, the, like, the local NHS stuff? Yeah. Yes, no, Cambridge Crepes is, is an excellent establishment. Very friendly as well. Very friendly. I love when you order your crepe and then you sit in the waiting area and they pop out the window, give you your crepe, and you yeah, munch it yeah. down. Um, that's, yeah, I love seeing people take pride in their business and things that they do. And yeah. that is a business. Like, you know, we're not even being paid to say this. They're not our sponsors. I'll happily, I'll happily <laughs> say this about them. Um, they are people that take pride in their business. You know, I one day they were closed. They went that, and I called up the number. Oh yeah. It was actually like the personal number of, of John who runs the crypt. Um, <laughs> he was you know quite apologetic about it and explained why they weren't there. And you know, it's that kind of dedication that makes you go back to a place like that, along with the excellent quality of the crypt. Yes. Oh, that's such a thing. They're not our sponsors. If they want to sponsor us, that'd be fantastic. Do get yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We would happily do a segment when we review your different crepes. Would you, would you say it's your favourite crepe that you've had with a crepe before? Oh, I, I mean, the brie one's quite nice. Oh, yes, the brie and cranberry. Brie and cranberry. Um, yeah, that's very good. Because you always got to have a savoury crepe and then a dessert crepe. Yeah, yeah. Well, but was there like a hummus one or something? I, I remember the only one I remember distinctly was the um, Benoffi one. Oh yes, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Mm, big, big day for Benoffi fans. That was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Benoffi day. But no, I can't wait to get back to the Cambridge crepe fan. Oh, that's gonna be so fantastic to have our first crepe in Cambridge. <laughs> like the luxury lounge as well. Yes. Is that what it's called or something? Yeah, it's called like the luxury. Yeah, where you sit yeah. your crepes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yes, but no, a crepes are good French foods. Um, well, other big French foods are there. Um, I uh, think of like stereotypical like frog's legs and um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, snails, escargot. Snails, yeah. Which I think escargot kind of blur the line between being a vegetarian and not. Like I wouldn't eat snails, but like I can see why yeah. some vegetarians might. But yeah, they're basically plants, aren't they? Yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Because I suppose you find them in the garden, and they don't really. They're like pretty slow. Yes, French food has a certain, I think, a certain extremeness to it. Mm. Well, yeah, I think from our perspective, definitely. I'd really like to try snails. Yes, uh, I wouldn't. Would you not? I'd really like to. I think they'd be quite nice. Mm. Well, yes, each their own, George. Yeah, maybe I'll cook some for this afternoon. <laughs> I know tripe. Is very French as well. But would you just go to your garden and get some snails and like. <laughs> I say boil them or something. <laughs> that'd be horrible. Oh. Yes, that would be. How do you kill a snail? Like. Is that some kind of philosophical question or just um, a practical No, literally, how do you practically kill a snail? Just um, like, chop its head off? Or... I, I know if you pour salt on slugs. Not that I've ever done this, being an animal care oh, individual I am. Yes. And it makes them shrivel up. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I could ever kill a snail. Like, unless I have a gun or something. Even that, like, so <laughs> Like a shotgun and <laughs> shoot it at the grass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, one of the things that puts me off eating meat, because I know that most animals I couldn't really... I don't think I could physically... Well, I mean, like, mentally or physically kill. 
mentally <laughs> that brings us yeah. back to the um, MK Ultra people who could kill goats with their minds yeah 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 yeah. Um, yeah we have to master that technique that would be a very you know some people like killing animals humanely which mm, is not really yeah. possible but imagine if it was possible you'd have to do it with your mind it'd probably be quite humane yeah what's the most humane way to kill that well, well as a vegetarian I must say I don't really I think humane killing is a bit of an oxymoron yes oh yeah that's a good point probably just not kill them at all it's the most humane thing to do just eat them alive <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah French food is certainly very meat-centred. Yes, yeah. I remember when I went to France once, I had like a really massive like hot dog. It was really nice. Yeah, hot dog in France? That's the antithesis of what it is to be French. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it was quite like a French hot dog. I remember the sausage just like seemed quite French. Yes, I do see what you mean. French food has a certain, I think maybe the flavours. It has a certain, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that answers it. <laughs> it, it really does. And the whole of France has a certain je ne sais quoi. It's yeah. just much, I want to say louder, but it's not. It's it's much more like sensory. That yeah, that's that's right. It's much more sensory. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like, I, I mean, I know this would be like a massive generalization, but generally, kind of more like sophisticated. It has yes. a certain, and actually, well, actually, no, I'll I'll stand by that. I'll stand by that because when um, I remember I was really impressed when the you know the French presidential election. Like, yeah. if you could, when was it? Twenty seventeen. And I remember looking at when they did the debates between Macron and Le Pen, and like the set that they did the debate on was just lovely. It was like really, <laughs> really, really well designed and just beautiful, like almost like palatial, which just you know it puts us to shame. Okay. Um, and it's just things like that that makes you think. Yes, the French probably are more stylish. Certainly, are more stylish. They have um, they have everything going for them, and there was. There was something else I was going to mention about France, but it slipped my mind. So yes. I would just agree with you wholeheartedly. That it was more, <laughs> um, oh yes, there were, I had another topic. So it, um, moving on from the cuisine and Le Pen, um, who is certainly the most disgusting of all cuisines, um, we <laughs> must bring ourselves to French <laughs> culture and kind of books and TV shows and stuff and movies, because French cinema is quite something. So what's your kind yes. of favourite French media? Well, um, I mean, in like GCSE French, they used to show us French films. Yeah. Stuff, which, which like, again, have like a certain kind of, yeah. a certain thing about them. It's like, it, it's not a kind of, I don't know, I'll think of some words to magic to describe it. But I remember, um, did you ever watch The Choriste? No. It was like The Choir, and it was about a teacher who goes to like a, a school for troubled children. And um, where you know, and like, it makes it quiet, and it sort of transforms the lives of these children, and it's really, really heartwarming, and, oh. uh, and quite funny, and just a lovely film. Um, yeah, and that's we sort that all the time because I had a teacher who like really liked it. So <laughs> <laughs> he watched it about three times. That, that brings me back to um, like my days of just studying French at school. Yeah. <laughs> like we had this one. I really used to hate French because we had this one awful teacher called Madame Staten. Who um behind her back we used to call Madame Satan. <laughs> I watched her face before for that. Um and she was very deaf. I remember one time I stole my friend's French book, like which she was doing his exercises in. And then she became aware that someone had stolen the French book and she paused the whole lesson until the culprit would own up. Oh no. <laughs> the French book. And so I guiltily arose the French book. And then and then the year later we had this 
guy called Mr. Peavy, who was like an ex-army man who was like incredibly army-like. And like I remember once when it was VE Day that he took someone out of assembly and like screamed at them for laughing at assembly, being like, "My friends died in the war," um, and like everyone heard it. And I accidentally <laughs> called him Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even call my own mother mummy. <laughs> I was just like, mummy. <laughs> and I think that really Wait, broke the accident. Can you recreate the conversation? Like, <laughs> I think he was like, he was talking about something French. Yeah. Um, he only looked a bit like you. Um, he was talking about something French and he was like, doesn't even have an answer to this question about French. I was like, mummy. <laughs> 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 and then after that we had a very it was quite humiliating but um he left yeah. luckily and we had a very attractive young man called mr britain after that he's <laughs> like, <"Bye>, <laughs> yeah. i called him mummy <laughs> um well, that's, that's that was very funny I didn't even call him like Nana, the French word. Well, yeah, yeah. Or even like, you think you call him Dad or something. (laughs) (laughs) It was wrong on every level. But he showed us some very good movies. I remember he watched, have you seen the movie OSS Sunday Set? Stop laughing. Have you seen the movie OSS Sunday Set? Pardon? There's like this comedy spoof of James Bond in French, which is like. Which we watched, and the second one is like the most it has the most graphic sex scene in any movie I've ever watched. It's like a really, um, basically just like a ten minute orgy, um, and we just watched that. Oh yes, we had this other French teacher called Mr. Watts, who was like, I, I think he was high the whole time. He was like so enthusiastic about everything. Yeah, he, he's in the post Pavy days as well. Yes, <laughs> well, French teachers. I think um, at the start of my French lessons. They almost, it was like a like a um, a French department policy that all of the teachers had to go bonjour la classe and then oh no no they used to go like levez vous and we all had to stand up what and then they go mean? bonjour la classe and then we go like bonjour like madame Bonnard, which is the teacher <laughs> we and then bonjour, and then they sort of, like did a little like knowing look around the class like a sort of like <laughs> as you know, the queen inspecting the troops <laughs> and then they go en silence asseyez-vous oh that's how we should start every podcast. Yeah. I'll say yes. bonjour la classe yeah. and you say bonjour la pod <laughs> 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 bonjour mama bonjour la pod <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll give a knowing look <laughs> mommy <laughs> <laughs> I think we've lost any coherent I think we've lost any coherent podcast quality from George after that after he's in tears <laughs> after that <story. laughs> but we, we were talking about French <laughs> talking about French media I, we have to talk about Victor Hugo Victor Hugo, yes. Have you ever read um, Les Miserables? The Miserables. Um, No, I haven't. I do like the musical. Uh, Yes, yeah, yeah, the musical's quite No, I've never read it, so comes in cover. You know who we've done? Apparently it's the book with the longest ever published sentence or something. Really? Which is like, I can't remember what it is. It's like a page long or something. And it's got about like 20 semicolons and commas and like all sorts. That would be very, very long. I, uh, yes. You know he was a massive sex addict. Victor Hugo. Mm, yes. Apparently, really? when he di- well, when he died, he had well, yeah, he was a massive sex addict. That's just 
just a, a French fact to you there. And when he died, he was oh, like I a, know another French fact. Oh, wait, sorry. I was going to say, when he died, he was a massive, no, like, celebrity. I think there's a slight delay as well. There was, he was a massive celebrity, and, like, everyone came out in mourning, and apparently all the brothels closed on his, on his death day as well, because they, um, oh. cause they had no custom from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's quite sad. Um, what was your point? Yes, I know another fun fact about Victor Hugo, in that when he published um, Les Miserables, he sent um, a telegram to his publisher to ask how it was going, but he just sent like the um, he just sent a question mark and nothing else. No, really? And then when the publisher got it and realised it was like selling really well and wants to get that to him, he sent a telegram back that was just an exclamation mark. Oh, that's really, that's like the movie <laughs> like, oh, before yeah. movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should communicate like that. Or you could do a um Oh, what's the name of that thing which is an exclamation mark and a question mark? Oh, is that that's hard to start going on? I think it's called a palant no not palant. It's it's a special thing which has a special name. It's called an interrobang, yes. That'd be like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a hashtag is called an octothought. I normally do them like question mark, then exclamation mark. But no, I feel like no, if you no. just sort of flip it around, it looks quite different. But it has like its own unique character. Well, because yeah, it's its own unique character because like obviously the question mark has a curve and then a straight line, and the straight line of the question mark joins with the straight line of the exclamation mark, and there's only one point, and that's an interrobang. Oh really? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I feel like both signify like excitement with with a level of uncertainty. Yeah. So, if you do the question mark first, I think there's greater uncertainty. I'm not sure. They just feel different, I think. Well, this, this wouldn't be a very good podcast format, but an interrogang basically looks like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, for listeners at home, if you raise one arm and then raise the other arm and curve it, then you look yeah. like an interrogang. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, yeah, you'll probably look different because you're, you're not just black. <laughs> Yeah, I think my currently very shaved head makes the perfect point. The perfect point, yeah, yeah, absolutely. A full uh, yeah, stop. Yeah, whenever I draw, whenever I draw a terabyte, I'm just going to draw a little picture of your face. <laughs> yeah, like an incredibly detailed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've i really enjoyed this French special, George. Oh yeah, so have I. Um, it was very good. Yeah, it really brought up the inner Frank like... in me. Yeah, I mean, I think I've really got. Uh, good understanding of French culture yes. now, after that, and your perception of it as well. Yes, I think just the two, two points to end on was, I think we should end on each saying our favourite word in French. Oh, okay, wait. But, yeah, but before that, we'll just, um, we'll, we'll just repeat before I say it, that, you know, do send in questions for tomorrow's pod. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I would say my favourite French word, well, the first thing that came to mind was couchon, which I think means pig. Um, it's very nice. I quite like um, malheureusement. No way. Is... I was going to say that. Really? Yes. <laughs> I was just about to say malheureusement. <laughs> no way. If you said that. <laughs> I Which can't... I think it means like unluckily. It's unfortunately. That... Unfortunately. I can't believe that. <laughs> Were you actually? I was. I was going to be like, I was going to interrupt you and be like, actually, I meant to say malheureusement. Oh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> We think to it like sometimes. It's because we just. I'm speechless now. You're speechless because I call my French teacher mummy. We should just end the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Thank you, everybody. And, um, peace.